1: Hi, friends, and welcome to the Happy Hour with Jamie Ivy podcast. I'm your host, Jamie, and I'm so excited that you're here. Every week on this show, I invite a girlfriend to join me, and we chat about the big things in life, the little things in life, and everything in between. You're listening to episode number 156, and my guest is Andrea Lucado. Andrea is a freelance writer, and she lives here in Austin, and she was so kind to drive out to my house for this interview. And she even endured my dog acting a little crazy in the midst of this interview. Don't you worry, you're going to hear Landry make several appearances. Andrea and I talk about church life and what it was like for her growing up as a pastor's kid, and not just any pastor's kid, but Max Lucado's daughter. You've probably heard of Max Lucado. Just this past May, Andrea released a book called English Lessons, and it's a memoir, which is my favorite kind of books. Today, Andrea and I talk about what it looked like for her to come face-to-face with her faith and all she believed when she was also face-to-face with friends who didn't have the same faith as her. Also, why as parents, we should be comfortable and actually encourage our kids to ask questions. Also, Andrea does a great Instagram fast every week. And I think you're going to want to hear about this. We took a deep dive into how Instagram makes us feel. And we're pretty open with some of the negative things in our own lives that we personally struggle with with Instagram. But I'm not a hater on Instagram. I love Instagram. It just needs to have its place. But if you're on Instagram and you want to share anything about the show that you love, you can find me there at Jamie Ivy. Hopefully you won't find me on the weekend because that's when Andrea does her fast. You guys, if you're listening and you live in South Texas and the Houston areas and Danbury and Rockport and Port and all those places, I want you to know that our house has been watching this so closely this whole entire weekend and we have been praying for you all. If you're listening and you're looking for a tangible way to help, I do know that there are a lot of organizations out there and I just beg you to give to something. I know that in my city, Austin, Texas, the For the City Center here, that's affiliated with my church, The Austin Stone, we have a disaster relief fund where we put money towards people who are doing good on the field. So if you would like to donate to the Disaster Relief Fund that is through the For the City Center and it's going to send money directly to people who need it for Hurricane Harvey, I'm going to put a link up on my webpage for you to look at it. It's forthecity.org slash disaster relief. Okay, guys, next week, my guest is super fun. You're going to want to be subscribing to the show so that next week at 6 a.m. it pops up and you can listen really quickly because you want to get in on this. To subscribe, it's easy. Go to jamieivy.com slash iTunes, but you're going to love her, and I'll tell you why at the end of the show, why you're going to love her, all right? But I'll give you a small clue as to who it is. You ready? Her name rhymes with Matherin Toe. That's all I'm giving you. You can listen to the end. Here is my conversation with Andrea.
0: Hey, Andrea, welcome to the happy hour.
1: Hi, (gasps) Hi. thanks for having me. This is a special happy hour because you're literally at my house. Yeah. I'm in your kitchen. You're in my kitchen, sitting in my chairs, but drinking your coffee, drinking my coffee, but it's 11am. So we're having a coffee happy hour. Yeah. If you were here past three, <laughs> I, would, I know what time. I would have a real happy hour for afternoon. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, but we're drinking coffee and you're at my, you're at my house. Yeah, I love it. It's beautiful. Thank you for coming out. It's so pretty. Thanks for having me. And so you are, you live here in Austin, born in San Antonio, mm-hmm. previously lived in Nashville before that, before that, right? Spent a year in England. In England. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And was so that right out of college? England. Yes. That was the year
2: after I graduated. Yeah. Okay. I lived there. And you went to get your master. School. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. In English literature? Yes. Well, literature, kind of general literature. So not necessarily like Shakespeare and stuff. Okay. But what did you graduate yeah. with? What was your degree? Uh, English. Okay. Same thing. I thought I wanted to teach. I thought I wanted to be a high school English teacher and just thought I would get a master's so that I didn't have to student teach because I'd heard you don't have to student teach. I don't even think that's true. And you can go to English for a year. (laughs) Yeah. Really, I just wanted to travel. I I agree. (laughs) What can we do together overseas? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I just wanted to live overseas for a year and travel and study on the side. That's kind of what I did. Is that how it worked out? Yeah. Okay. I remember I took this long trip before my thesis was due and my friends in class were like, we can't believe you're going on a 10 day trip. And I was like, it'll be fine. <laughs> like, it's great. I'm in Europe. What else am I going to do? Yeah. Oh my gosh. So the trip, of,
1: it was like a year of just so many memories, I'm sure. Yeah, it was. Okay. So you graduate, you go to England and then you head to Nashville. Yes. We were just talking about that before we started uh-huh. recording. And what did you do there? I worked at
2: Thomas Nelson Publishers, now HarperCollins Christian. Mm -hmm. It was the first place I got a job out of school. I was applying to jobs in the UK. I had no connections
1: there. You wanted to stay though?
2: I kind of wanted to stay. Um, Applied to like a couple of magazine jobs there and like a World Vision job. And then my sister was like, you should apply to Thomas Nelson because you have connections there and maybe you would actually get an interview. (laughs) So that's that's what I did. Connections matter. Yeah, it does. Apparently that's all that matters. Yeah. Yeah. So you had
1: to come back home.
2: Yes, to the so States. I came back and to Nashville, which I knew nothing about. I had one friend from high school living in Nashville at the time. Yeah, it was a random move
1: to go to Tennessee.
2: But Nashville's awesome. It is. And it's yeah. gotten mm-hmm.
1: a lot better, as we were talking it's about. It's
2: like an It City now. It is an It City. In
1: 2009, it was not when I moved there, <laughs> but now it is. Thanks to um, Deacon and mm-hmm. Raina. 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 Is this show still it's, on? Yeah, but it's like, it's not good anymore. I, I, did you ever watch it? Yes. And I was trying to remember the last thing I saw, and I can't even remember. Here's my deal with TV shows I don't watch a lot of TV, just. Yeah. But when I start something, yeah. Do I, I don't know if I stopped liking it or I just, am like, ah, something else, but I never finished it. Okay. Well, well it's still on, I guess. I guess I could catch up on Has like Hulu. kept your
2: attention? I did watch Friday Night Lights all the way through. I'm watching that right now <gasps> for the first time. Do you love and it? And I love it. I'm in season five and I didn't even start it that long ago. It's kind of embarrassing. Okay. So just
1: catch me up real quick without any spoilers. Season five. Yes. Is, has he already moved mm-hmm. campus? Okay.
2: moved schools.
1: Okay. Yeah. And how many seasons yeah. are there? I think
2: just five. I think I'm in the oh, last one. are at the one. end. Yeah. Okay. But it is so good. But Raina is in, yeah. I dressed up as Raina James for Halloween one year. <laughs> that's why I call her that. <laughs> that is hilarious. Which is just pants and a shirt. I mean, there's nothing. That's hilarious. To well, that. you
1: know, my kids go to Dripping Springs school districts and Coach Taylor, which I know that's not his real name, but yeah. I think I would accidentally call him that if yeah. I saw him. He lives out here. He does? Yeah. I didn't know that. Like I've had people oh say gosh. they saw Coach Taylor, yeah. not his real name, but at a football game. No way. I know. That
2: is, that's crazy. What would you do if you saw him? Well, that's the thing. I don't, what's his name? I don't know. I, I, yeah, I don't know his name. Well, let's just Google he it because that's what we're going to do. So well. Coach
1: Taylor's name is, and people are saying it right. They're listening and they're like, Jamie, it's Eric Taylor. No, that's the name no. on the show. Okay. who? Kyle Chandler. Kyle Chandler. I knew that. Oh, I didn't know that. I did. not <laughs> I, no I did ring a bell. Kyle Chandler. Yeah. Okay. So if I saw coach Taylor, I don't know. I think I'd play it cool. <laughs> Yeah, I know. Is there a celebrity that if you saw them, you would get giddy?
2: Oh yeah. I mean, I, okay. I the first thing that came to mind was like, I have my Christian girl singers that I've listened to like since middle school it? and who I love, like Nicole Nordman, uh-huh. Bethany uh-huh. Dylan or oh, Bethany yes. Bernard no, she's, now. Yeah, uh-huh.
1: and Which people Sarah have been Groves. telling me they want me to have Bethany on the show. Oh yeah, you should. Oh, I love Sarah Groves too.
2: I think she's in Dallas
1: I think think Bethany is in Dallas. Bethany are in Dallas, maybe. Is Sarah
2: Minneapolis? Oh, probably. Yeah, Bethany is in Dallas.
1: I should just go up the road.
2: (laughs) Um, Okay, so yeah, but those are people that are just like they've had such an impact on me that I would get weird and I would say something weird to them. Like (laughs) you meant so much to me. Like we've been (laughs) friends since seventh grade. (laughs) I I know you. (laughs) Okay. What? Like that Hollywood celebrity? Anybody? (laughs) Um, Oh gosh, who do I love? I, you know, I know not a lot of people are a fan of her, but I really love Gwyneth Paltrow. She's gotten a little bit weird. She's getting some flack these days, but... but I, lo- like, love the movies that she's mm-hmm. in, and I think I would probably yeah. act really weird around her.
1: Um, I think sometimes I wonder who would I get giddy about. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, we met Garth Brooks a couple of years ago, and that was cool really? before a show. Was he really cool? He was extremely exhausted. Like, I thought, this man's about, like, he he must be sick is what I thought. Really? Like he's, he's, he's moving so slow. He's got like a sweatshirt on. But then I saw the show that night and I was like, well, he does this every night. No wonder he looks like that in the morning. I mean, look like he have been run over by a train.
2: Yeah.
1: But then was he is a he performer. did his like
2: eight shows in a row Yes, we were thing. in Yeah.
1: And it was, it's the best concert I've ever been to in my entire life. Really? I've I haven't heard been to a lot, but it is amazing. the best one I've ever been to.
2: Okay. I need to go. He was in Nashville and did multiple shows yes. and I didn't go to a single one of them.
1: And I don't know why I didn't do that. You know, what's even crazier is recently here in Austin, he showed up at the Broken Spoke and did a concert. Do you know what the Broken really? Spoke is? Oh, uh,
2: I it's think It's okay, so. you're new. It's... I want to say I've
1: heard that he did that. Yeah, I've Maybe. never been there, but it's this like old dance hall that's been here. I mean, years and years and years. And he just showed up and people that were just there for the night dancing, there was a Garth Brooks show. That is so cool.
2: Keith Urban did that one night when I was in Nashville at the stage on Broadway, which is like- Were you there? Like total honky-tonk, gross. Mm-hmm. And we stood in line and made it in for like two songs, and it was really the coolest thing. It
1: was one of the coolest that experiences. So cool. There's just not seen those people. Too, if you, I'm not talking about like the fame, but if you had the ability to just make so many people's day like that, <laughs> yeah, you know what I, I, know. I mean? Like, you're sitting around with your family and you're on vacation. And you're like, hey, how about we just find out if we can go to this place tonight and throw a show, <laughs> and you make. People's day. Yeah, that would be crazy. The publisher
2: wanted me to do like these coffee meetups where I'd be like, hey, I'm going to be like at this Starbucks. And very quickly, we realized no one's going to (laughs) come. I do not have the influence
1: to kill four people. Hey, there. I, I'm in Marble Falls, Texas. Who wants to show up? Who
2: was hang out with me at Blue Bonnet Cafe? Like, nobody, nobody would care.
1: You could have done it in San Antonio. Yeah, yeah. But here's the, what I've learned your real friends are like, I'll call see you later. Like, yeah, I don't want to come to your event. And I'd be like, get here. Yeah, no
2: one's here. Somebody's like, standing up. by my sign. Like, nobody's That's there. That's so He's funny. Sad. But that would be cool to have that sort of like, like Sam Hunt, I remember, did this concert on Broadway or something one night and just announced it that day and like thousands of people were there just to watch it. He
1: was a Sam Hunt. Yeah. 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 He's That's like this cool. cutie little, isn't he like 20 something? Yeah. I don't know. I He's, don't know. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. That would be fun. I thought about doing like when I travel and speak, like, okay, I'm in this city. Who wants to meet up? You could do that. But there's this big fear <laughs> that, that nobody no shows up <laughs> or two people. And then- yeah. It's almost harder if it's just you and three people for two hours uh-huh. at a coffee shop that you don't know. My friend Rachel Hollis does that when she travels and speaks. She'll be like, "Hey, we're gonna have a meetup." Yeah, and people show up. That's I don't know impressive. Where if I should try it in a city? You city. Can try it. I don't it. know. Yeah, just see. maybe we'll try it this fall when I travel. <laughs> hey, who wants
2: to more? Come? People would definitely show up for you. Yeah than for me well, I tried to get because Waterbrook my publisher also publishes Tim Tebow and I was like well, what if you get Tim Tebow to come too and then I'll be like I'm going to be at the Starbucks <laughs> with Tim Tebow who wants to come see me everybody would come see everyone you. To come. he was too busy he was busy <laughs> he couldn't do it except for they'd be like where's Tim where's I Tim <laughs> who are you yeah. with Tim Sorry. Tebow Yeah. oh, oh my gosh I could trick him. that's yeah.
1: hilarious should have done that that's hilarious uh, if you don't know it guys I'm a Texas girl through and through I've lived here most of my life I was born Born here and I love traveling. Here's why I love traveling throughout Texas because it has a vast landscape of cultures, regions, destinations, and activities, which means there's an infinite number of different travel experiences. And no two travelers are exactly alike, and it means that no two trips should be either. If you're a beach person, well, you can have fun under the sun with Texas's 350 miles of coastline. If you're more of a rugged vacation type, there are campgrounds, hiking trails, and state parks galore. And foodies cannot get enough of Texas's world-famous barbecue and Tex-Mex. Enjoy live music, visit internationally recognized art museums, and check out thrilling cowboy experiences. And now, Travel Texas offers a one-of-a-kind online trip builder that allows users to generate a custom, visually-led trip matched to their unique interests. Guys, come visit my state. Visit TravelTexas.com slash Get Your Own to get the only trip to Texas that matters. Yours, that's TravelTexas.com slash Get Your Own. You guys, in January of 2024, I made a commitment to myself. I wanted to get stronger, which meant I needed to get in the gym, which means I needed to move my body in different ways. You guys know I love to walk.
0: Get started today visit rosettastone.com backslash pod fifty to get fifty percent off your lifetime membership now that's rosettastone.com backslash pod five zero for fifty percent off um okay andrea
1: your name everyone will know your last name uh-huh do you yes. hate talking about this i
2: I'm very used to it <laughs> now. <laughs>
1: We have to, I it's don't. like, it's like the elephant in the room that we just have to say yeah. and then move on. Yeah. 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 Okay. No, so your dad is Max Lucado. Yes. Who's a very famous author. I mean, he's written, well, like 887 books. Yes, exactly. That many, <laughs> exactly <laughs> that many books um, that everyone has read. Like everyone has read yeah. Max Lucado. Um, he could do a
2: meetup. He could probably do a meetup. He could do a meetup with me.
1: Yeah, <laughs> Max and Jamie happy hour. <laughs> um but, but, and he's pastored the same church for how long? Like 30 years. That's what I think is impressive. Yeah. That's yeah, like my whole is-
2: life. Like we moved to San Antonio. I was 18 months old and it was to, for him to be the senior pastor at Oak Hills Church. And that's what he's still doing. Yeah.
1: That is so rare. I know. Why do you think that's
2: I rare? didn't know that was so rare until because I got you to grew know up, other yeah. pastors' kids and realized, oh, most people move around mm-hmm. kind of every few years. And so, I don't know. He just went there and just
1: stayed. <laughs> our pastor who founded our church is still here. And you know, Okay. Is, I think yeah. our church is, we've yeah, been here huh. almost 10 years, maybe 14, 15. Okay.
2: Someone's going to yeah. correct
1: me. I have no idea, but that's a long time. Yeah. You know, it is. It is. So you grew up a pastor's kid, mm-hmm. PK. My husband, Aaron was also a pastor's kid. So oh, I've heard all kinds okay. of pastor kid stories. Oh yeah. Um, but and then your kids are kind of yeah, pastor's they are. kids. But yeah. here's something funny. Okay. So my husband's a worship leader. Okay. And this past Sunday, we're getting ready to go to church. Well, when Aaron leads worship, he leaves the house at I don't know, six o'clock, right? Yeah. Also, I hope everyone hears my dog Landry because <laughs> she, she she's so, she's so mad. <laughs> she's angry. She's upstairs. She really wants to be on this podcast. Um, so Aaron's Aaron usually leaves the house before we wake up, right? So this Sunday he's home, and we're all going to church together, which happens literally, oh, you know, I'm sure that never happens three times a year. Yeah, maybe. And so we're all going to church together and I'm telling the kids, we gotta go, we gotta go. Dad has to be there on time. And they're like, well, what is he doing? And I'm like, well, he's going to church, he's working. And I'm like, no, what do you mean? He's he's not leaving worship, is he? And I'm like, no, but he's a pastor. I'm like, what do you mean he's a pastor? He plays music. And I'm like, <laughs> no, like your dad is a pastor and an elder. Like he has to be there on Sunday mornings to do things. Like they, they had no clue, they didn't know, and then we looked at each other and like, Wow, we have failed! Like, they <laughs> our kids don't even know that their dad is understand. like more
2: than a musician. So, they're like, my dad's in a band and he plays at this church, <laughs> exactly. his main gig is this church, <laughs> he just morning. plays <laughs> his guitar. Yeah, that's so, probably good though. I they're not w- gonna have like a, a complex, or we've tried yeah. really hard. You don't seem like yeah. you have a
1: complex. Did you work through it? i worked through <laughs> it. <laughs> nothing against. I think all of us kids work through all of our stuff oh, growing yeah. up. So it's yeah. nothing There's against. always something. There's something. I would say my kids are going to need counseling for sure. But oh, yeah. growing up as a pastor's kid, did you know that, not that that's weird. It's not weird. That's not what I'm trying to say. Did you realize maybe the gravity of that? Or did you have to watch your parents struggle through things? And what was that like as a child?
2: So I don't think, my parents were really good at, I didn't know if, if there was church drama, I didn't know. Like they kept all of that really like away from us. And so I think I think that was good. I didn't necessarily see them go through. Our church did like change denominations when I was in high school or like like left a denomination to become oh, didn't know that. non-denominational. So it was the Church of Christ. Uh-huh.
0: I thought it was also Church of
2: Christ. Yeah, and now it's just Oak Hills Church. And did so I gonna... think that was, I'm sure that was a big deal. Mm-hmm. I just didn't know and didn't really care. I was like yeah. 16. But I, so if for me, it was like, Church just really became a really comfortable place. It was my home. You we were always there, and that was my norm. It's like I didn't know anything else, so I didn't really know what to compare it to. And I think I enjoyed it. I think I liked being known in the church community. Liked it and didn't like it yeah. at the same time. I didn't necessarily like it when my dad preached about me or like had a story Did about ask me you first, and then. No, I don't think he ever asked us first, <laughs> but then he stopped. Like, I think yeah. in adolescence, he just stopped doing that yeah. completely. I haven't yeah. been in a sermon in a really long time. I think yes. <laughs> I think
1: it's like blogging. Is. When your kids are little, you tell all about them. You yeah. put naked pictures of them up and then you get to like nine and you're like, hmm, maybe I should tell the whole world this. It will yeah. never go away. Okay.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I think that's what he did. So, so I just remember, yeah, church was just a part of our daily life. Like we were always doing stuff and my mom, you're kind of a pastor by default if you're a pastor's wife. And mm-hmm. so I just remember her doing a lot of stuff and like being on the phone with people and like counseling people. Yeah. And I was kind of new when to like not bug her.
1: Yeah. I could tell by She's like in the like mode. Tony's <laughs> yeah, mode. Like, oh, yeah, she's helping someone. Yes. Yeah.
2: Right now. Um, yeah. So I um I think it was later that I realized, oh, that I think I allowed a lot of pressure to be put on me as a pastor's kid that I didn't realize I was kind of assuming Mm -hmm. when I was growing up. Kind of this like, you need to have your stuff together spiritually. Mm -hmm. You need to be put together on the outside and inside. Like a lot of stuff I think was happening that I wasn't really aware of when I was growing up. Mm -hmm. But for the most part, I have really happy church memories and really good memories of that time.
1: I feel like a lot of our generation, I'm 39. I know you're younger than me, but a lot of our generation who grew up in christian homes um i feel like they had like one or two experiences like i feel like it's maybe like oh like the story that you just held they have a lot of great experiences as well and then we have a whole generation i might say of people who have left church and grew up in church but they kind of had this legalistic kind of tension that they lived in almost like for example i was listening to a sermon this morning when i was walking by matt mason i think he's a pastor in alabama And he was talking about legalism and he was talking about how many people who, as they get older, they leave the faith. But what he was saying was maybe they had no faith. They just had rules, you know? Yeah. And I walked through that as an adult. And I feel like that's kind of what you wrote about of kind of going away, getting out of this church culture that you grew up in and that you were saturated in. And then you really came face to face with like some questions, Yeah. And then what happened on the outside, what happened on the other side is what differentiates between you still choosing your faith and other people leaving. Does that make sense? Uh So I think it's, I grew up like you. I was in church all the time. My parents weren't pastors, but I was in church all the time. But I don't think I ever really grabbed onto anything as my own Mm -hmm. until I was in my 20s. Yeah. Yeah you know, and it wasn't even, it wasn't even like I was questioning. I don't think I knew, you know, whereas your story that you talk about, which I want to hear about this kind of journey that you went through over a year of kind of questioning things. Yeah. I'm sure that had to be extremely scary at first. Like, wait, am I supposed to question these things as a pastor's kid? Did you ever feel that way? Or did you just kind of jump in? I'm a curious person. I feel safe here.
2: Yeah. I, I definitely didn't feel safe. I was like, Oh this is really rattling my foundation. And cause I was having questions like, how do I know God exists? How do I know Jesus was really his son? Like the divinity of Christ, like really big questions. And I had always been curious, All right, I remember like my dad, I talk about this in the book, but my dad tells the story that I don't remember, but apparently he was telling us when we were little about the garden of Eden and like that whole story. And I, interrupted him and I was like wait if God didn't want us to eat from that tree why did he put it there in it's the first very place question <laughs> right yeah and I'm still like I don't know I know um, and my dad was like that's when I knew you were gonna be like our curious yeah. child and so I had always kind of asked questions and maybe pushed back a little bit kind of like don't tell me like what to believe like let me decide this for myself but not really fully did I embrace that until I went to Oxford and I was like I had to ask the questions. Like I couldn't push them aside anymore. I just felt like I had to do it. And so it was really unnerving and kind of, um, oh gosh, if this isn't true, like, I don't know who I am. I don't know what I'm doing here. I don't know who I can trust. Like if there's not a God watching out for me, what, what, what am I doing? Like, will I be safe?
1: So it was a lot of, lot of like hard questions. Why do you think those questions came up when you left to go to England? I mean, I kind of have my own theory. Yeah. (laughs) You grew up going to church, your pastor's kid. You grew up going to Christian school. You went to a Christian university. And then all of a sudden, you're in a secular kind of more environment. Is that what happened?
2: Yeah, I think it was just the first time I was in a place where not everyone believed what what I did. (laughs) I was just so sheltered. And I had gone to like, a Christian high school, kind of, it's not like our, all of our teachers had to be Christians or Mm -hmm. anything, but I hadn't been in an environment where church was not kind of the culture where Christianity wasn't the culture. And so it was the first time that I was in a classroom full of people who did not believe what I believed, hanging out with people who did not believe what I believed. And I was just, like my world was rocked. I mean, I was 22 before I'm, I should have been doing a better job, like putting myself in uncomfortable situations until then. But I hadn't, I had just been friends with people who were just like me. And then all of a sudden I didn't have that option. And I was like, oh my gosh, you people are atheists and agnostics and you're actually perfectly fine in life. Like you like your life, you love your boyfriends. Like, and I, I don't know how y'all are doing this mm-hmm. without
1: God. Yeah. So do you remember the first time that you kind of sat back? I mean, I don't know if it was right when you got there or when school started. Do you remember the first time where you kind of sat back and go and thought to yourself, I have questions that I'm kind of scared to say out loud.
2: I remember a night I rode my bike everywhere in Oxford. Everyone rode a bike to get around. And I was- That sounds so dreamy. It was dreamy (laughs) and also like miserable (laughs) sometimes when it rained and you had no other way to get places. So I was riding my bike home from class and I think this must've just been a month or two into my time and it was nighttime because my classes were at night. And I just remember feeling, I think I'd been talking to my friend Ben who was an atheist that, that night or something. And I just remember thinking, I totally get where he's coming from. Like I can totally imagine life without God. And before that, I had only been able to imagine being distanced from God, which mm. I kind of thought was doubt, but this was more of a whoa, like I could imagine God just not even being here. And I've never been able to imagine that before. He's always just kind of been there. And so that was pretty early on. Um, but my journals almost from day one are about when I go back and read them, are like me wrestling with like big questions of like God's existence and how I can know and like trying to prove it to myself and really bad apologetics in my in my own little journals. But that is a big moment that I remember for me being
1: like, whoa. So as a Christian, did that scare you or did that say, you know what, I'm gonna like figure it out to make sure I'm right? Because I'm kind of the opposite of you a little bit, where I'm sure that as a child, if someone told me the story of Adam and Eve, I'd be like, oh, awesome. You know, like it isn't. It wasn't in my life until a couple of years ago that I even actually cared about theology. I mean, I had this yeah. mentality of why do I need to know this? I trust my leaders, and that's embarrassing to say out loud. But it was where yeah. I was. Yeah. I was like, I'm a mom. I don't need to know these things. And then when I started learning them, I was like, oh, these actually transform a lot of my thinking, answer my yeah. questions. They brought up a lot more questions as well. Yeah. You know, but it was good. But were you think? Were you the kind of person who thought, I'm going to dive into this? Or and also you talking, you know, like talking with your parents about this. Was that scary to bring these things up to your pastor dad? Yeah.
2: Okay. So I don't know that I did talk to my parents about this while I was
0: there. Okay. So just after. Yeah.
2: I After for sure. But I don't remember. I remember calling my mom a lot crying because school was hard and I like didn't think I could make it. Yeah. But I don't remember talking to them about the faith stuff or that many people. Like it was a, it was a big per- internal yeah. thing that I was doing that I talked to a couple of people about. So I think I did just kind of think, okay, I've got to figure this out because I have these friends here who have really good arguments against it. Arguments that I don't, I don't really remember what their arguments were, but <laughs> I just remember thinking, oh, that's a good point. Yeah. That's a really good point. Uh-huh. And so I was like, I've got to figure this out. And I went to a class, like I visited a class with someone. I went to like, a, de- I don't think it was a d- debate, a talk by an apologist. Like I was really like, okay, I've got to figure this out. I've got to know if it's true or not. With the hope that it was, you know, like, okay, I really hope that this is true, but I should probably be open-handed and open to it not being true to make sure that, that it is true.
1: Were you willing to walk the other way? I, I don't,
2: I don't know. I don't know if I would have ever fully gone the other way, but there have got to be looking back at kind of my behavior and like kind of how I was and even like kind of a relationship I got into at the end of that year with someone who was not a believer. Like, I think that I was kind of open to that. Like, okay, if this isn't true, I, I can just live kind of like my friends are living here and I can do that. I wanted it to be true. And I think deep down it was still there. But looking at kind of how I was, I was definitely open to, yeah. <laughs> to sort of going yeah. that way and just yeah. being a good person right. who loved people and yeah. Lived a good life. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's kind of what they were doing. They were like, we just, you know, care about people and just be good and, and live your truth. And yeah, it's kind of what they lived by.
1: Yeah. And without a God, it sounds amazing.
2: Yeah. You know right. what I mean? Oh yeah.
1: I could do anything. Yeah. Like
2: I could drink as much as I wanted. I could date whoever I wanted. That was very freeing. Mm. Like, like, oh, I don't have to date like these great Christian guys. I yeah. can date anybody uh-huh. and it's like exciting. And yeah. yeah, you don't have to like, oh, sex before marriage, that doesn't matter. Yeah, it kind of awesome. sounded nice. Like I had friends who lived with their boyfriends and had for years. We were like 22 and I was like, that's so cool.
0: <laughs>
2: like, it's so right. cool that they do that. are so awesome. Also kind of judged them, but still, yeah, I like, was like, cool. oh, I wish I could do that. I know. I was like, I wish I had the nerve yeah. to just like do that. Yeah. Because if you
1: took all of it, I mean, all of the, and I don't want to say rules by any means, because that's. Right. It's, that is not what it is. They're, they're you know, if you took all of that away, it would seem freeing. Yeah. But we know right. that it's not, it doesn't actually bring freedom by any means. Yeah. Um, so, what do you feel like your relationship with God is different since you came back? It's
2: more honest for sure, I think, because I kind of stood there and asked him my questions. I feel like I can do that now a little bit, but also it's weird because I have not had that same doubt struggle since I moved back. It's almost like I needed to have that moment and then the belief was just kind of there. And so that's been, not to say it wouldn't come up again. And I've had doubts about areas of my faith, but as far as like God's existence and that kind of stuff, I'm not like questioning that anymore. And so it feels like, It almost feels like God and I went through something really hard together and made it through closer, you know, Um, and I've had a couple more like uh, seasons like that with God since then. So I'm really grateful for that because I could have, yeah, I could have totally gone the other way in that.
1: Okay, guys, I know you're loving the show with Andrea, but I want to take a quick break to thank our sponsors. First, it is 3rd Love. You know, it's no secret, bra shopping is not that fun. It's actually one of my least favorite things to do. But what if you could skip the lines, skip the dressing rooms, all the hassle, and find that perfect fitting bra in mere minutes? Does that sound good to you? It sounds amazing to me. If that's something you're interested in, check out 3rd Love. All you need to do is take 3rd Love's online Fit Finder quiz, and they're going to recommend the bra that's right for your size and your shape. They're basically obsessed with finding the perfect fit for every woman. That's why Third Love is the only lingerie brand that offers bras in half-cup sizes. You may be a half-cup size, and you just never knew it. And best of all, you can try one of Third Love's amazingly comfortable bras for free for 30 days. You only pay the $2.99 shipping. You can really try this bra, guys. Cut the tag off, wash it, wear it all day, work in it, wear it around the house, wear it to a football game, out with your friends, whatever. You might even forget that you're wearing it. If your third love bra isn't your new favorite bra, no problem. You can just return it or exchange it for free. I'm in love with my third love bra and I'm about to go online to order a few more because I literally wear it every day and I'm going to need some more. Guys, go to thirdlove.com slash Jamie now to find your perfect fitting bra and try it for 30 days. That's thirdlove.com slash Jamie to try your new favorite bra for free. Thirdlove.com slash Jamie. Okay, guys, I'd also like to thank Honest T. For almost 20 years, Honest Tea has committed to being transparent and authentic through its organic and fair trade certified bottle teas and kids' juice drinks. They produce a refreshingly honest product, both with what's in their bottle and in their outlook. All you need to do is take a sip and taste the honest difference. I'm joining Honest Tea in celebrating the lighthearted ways that we are less than perfect through the hashtag RefreshinglyHonest project. You guys know I'm pretty open with saying how I am not perfect. So what is hashtag refreshingly honest? Here's what it is guys, it's sharing our truth in exchange for the aha moment when we realize through a shared laugh, a like, or a sigh of relief, everyone else is just like us, perfectly imperfect. I have a refreshingly honest story to share with you. Here it is, are you ready? We just started school, but I remember on the last day of school, I used to make these cute, happy first day of summer muffins for my kids. Like they wake up first day of summer. Now I'm like, God, let's all sleep in and just eat cereal. I just can't do it anymore. Guys, are you refreshingly honest? Share the fun and funny ways that you're less than perfect on social media by using the hashtag refreshingly honest. Want more honesty? You can learn more by visiting honest tea, That's tea.com slash podcast. All right. Here is the rest of my conversation with Andrea. I think um, as a parent, sometimes I think about my kids um, and their faith. Not sometimes. I think about yeah. that a lot. <laughs> um, but I honestly, as a parent, would rather them do this journey that you describe in your book and that you walk through of really like digging in and diving in and saying, hey, why do I believe? What do I believe? All these things. than just like grasping onto my faith maybe mm-hmm. and just being a good person with my parents' faith. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. I would much rather... Them walk through that and really, really figure it out for themselves. Yeah. Then just do what they think is right because of their parents,
2: which is so good. And they're, I think my parents have that same mentality. Yeah. But I think I have seen kind of parents really freak out about that and kind of like become really like, oh, I'm going to like send all of these books to my kids and like make sure they're doing everything. Right. And I think that can kind of suffocate their faith. Whereas I think my parents were always kind of like you and really like open to me asking questions. And even if they were sort of freaking out on the inside, they didn't show it. And so I felt like I had that freedom to do that. And so- that's good because they're not going to feel like this is something I have to believe or I have to do because of them, but they're going to know, okay, I can explore this for myself.
1: Yeah. And I mean, I said, I've said this before, like as someone who just really, really believes in like God's control and God's sovereignty, I don't believe that I could like have the ability to change my kid's heart. You know, I think that only is only something God can do. And so if I can, if I can, if I can give them, you know, the right material and I can love them and show them and teach them, then what else can I do? Right. You know? And you're just going to have to like, let it, let them journey on their own.
2: Yeah. I bet that's hard. Is that just terrifying? It is
1: hard. You know where it's been hard? I grew up Baptist. And so um, where it's been hard just to be, I think, I don't know if I've shared this on here before. I grew up, and this will be different probably than some people probably the same, but I grew up where someone tells you like, you're so bad and you need Jesus and you need to pray and accept him tonight because if you die, what if, right? Yeah. That was the mentality that I grew up in. And so without getting into all of that, you know, Jesus is the one that draws us to him and all those things. And, um, and I think whatever with my children, I feel like it would be so easy for me to sit down and be like, here's all these verses in Romans. You're a sinner. You need to accept him. Let's pray. And then we're good, right? Yeah. But instead we sit back and we give them God's word and we let the Holy Spirit actually do the job that he does. And then we have seen two of our kids like come to faith in Jesus. And and we can actually say, we did nothing. Like we didn't yeah. make them say a prayer and we didn't, does that make
2: sense? Uh-huh. You didn't say, okay, you're eight. You should probably think about getting yes, baptized. Exactly. Or, yeah. Yeah.
1: We just really want to watch God work in their lives. And it's been yeah. beautiful. That's really cool. It's been really beautiful. I mean, just this past Easter, one of my kids who we have literally watched God draw him to him, and it's been so beautiful. Um, and we've had conversations before about, hey, do you, what do you, I mean, he's we've had conversations and talking about following Jesus. And one time about a year ago, he just said, I'm just not ready. And I think that would freak a lot of parents out. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah. what, what do you mean you're like not ready? <laughs> <laughs> and for me, I was like, it's okay. You know, yeah. like, because it's not on me, you know, it's not my job to, yeah. it's God's job. And so, but on Easter, like we had such great conversations and he was like, I'm ready to follow Jesus. That is so cool. Isn't that cool? Yes. So How old really is he? Cool. He's mm-hmm. 11. Oh yeah. You know, it's cool to see it's hard as parents. And so kudos to your parents for literally teaching you God's word and then letting him work in your life. Yeah.
2: Yeah. No, I, I take that for granted a lot. I've seen it a lot more now that I'm older. I'm like, oh, they did a really good job of not like freaking out about that guy that I was dating or freaking out about whatever else I was doing while I was over there. And so that they probably didn't even know about Um, so yeah, it's good. Like that teaches you that will give your kids a sense of, okay, there's a lot of grace here. Like this is, I'm allowed to ask questions. I'm allowed to not be ready. Yeah.
1: Good for you. So is that your advice to parents? Don't freak out. Yeah. Don't freak out. Let them ask They'll questions. Be okay. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yes. Oh because gosh, this dog, it's okay. She's going to stop. I think she's adding a lot. She's adding, she's a, adding a lot. She's a lot to it. Just, she just has
1: things to say. She does have things to say. <laughs> she's got opinions about what we're oh talking my gosh. about. <laughs> Andrew, we, I, I'm just such a professional around here. Can't you tell? <laughs> I run a professional organization. This is very oh, professional. um Okay. So that's your don't freak out.
2: Yeah. Don't freak out. Um, Yes, because I feel, so I kind of compare like doubt or any sort of questions into if you walk into a dark room and you can't find the light switch, you have to feel your way around. And in doing that, you kind of get to know the world that you're in better than if the lights were on and you could just like knew what path to go. And so kind of once you feel around for your faith, you own it better because it's like, okay, I really had to like know this. I really had to learn this for myself. And so it's almost good. I think if your kid is struggling with faith or like doubting or saying, I don't know about this. Like, I think that's good because they're not just being spoon fed. They're not just agreeing to it. It means that they're thinking for themselves. Yeah,
1: yeah. which is what we want. Yeah, right. Because that's
2: then they're not leaving faith. the church. Exactly.
1: Right. Mm-hmm. Exactly. They're not
2: doing the thing that apparently every millennial is doing, which is leaving the church or when they go to college. You don't have the answer for me, do you? I don't have the answer. (laughs) No, (laughs) but I do think, and I think the church is getting better about this, but I think millennial, and I'm 31, so I'm like an older millennial maybe. Um, I think that there was some inauthenticity to church. Like I remember that, like just kind of production or stuff that, you know, just didn't seem very genuine, and millennials really want things to be authentic and real and genuine, and they're not interested in something that's that's a production or fake or a hypocritical leader. Um, so I just think there's a lot of trust that's probably been broken. But I also think millennials might be the generation that comes back, you know, in ten years or so, and has have really owned their faith and are like leading the church. Yeah. So
1: yeah. because the ones with faith are it's real. Right, yes. You know why millennials like the happy hour? Because we bring real conversations and it's so unproduced. We have dogs on the show. Yeah. <laughs> like it's just... That's why I love it. I'm like, oh, I'm just listening to a conversation just listening to a between, between two, two people. people. With yeah, me and Andrea and Landry. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> my favorite. Oh my gosh. Um, okay, Andrea, I need to talk to you about something. I need you to tell me how you do it. Okay. So <laughs> you're like, you have no idea what I'm going to say. I'll set it up real quick so you know what I'm talking about. When Aaron and I were in Ireland a couple of weeks ago, I did not have internet a lot, okay? Uh-huh. And so I wasn't on my phone a lot and I loved it. And the last two days I turned on my internet and every time we were driving, I was looking at social media the yeah. whole time. Yeah. And I was like, what happened to the six days before when I just looked out the window <laughs> or I took a nap <laughs> or I talked to my husband and now I'm just looking at everyone's pictures, okay? Mm-hmm. So I told Aaron, I was like, okay, listen, here's the deal. And I haven't started this yet and we're recording in um, July. And so this is September now. And so maybe I have, but <laughs> I told Aaron, I said, this is what I'm going to do. I'm not going to do social media on the weekends. No way. That's what I said. And I also said, I'm going to put my phone somewhere besides my bedside. Oh yeah. Okay. It's my alarm. That's my excuse, right? Know, it's my uh, alarm. Yeah. Who has an alarm clock? But do you know what I do when I wake up in the morning? Yeah. I open Instagram. Yeah. Do you know what I do before I fall to bed at night? <laughs> Like <laughs> at Instagram. Yeah. And so I decided I haven't started it yet, but I know that you do this mostly. Yeah. I'm not going to assume all the time, but you yeah. do. Mm-hmm. You don't do Instagram or social media on the weekends. Yeah. I know. That's- tell me why. Tell me
2: how. Okay. Tell us all. Yeah. So I love it. It's something I've been doing for a while and I just thought, oh, I should tell people that I do this. <laughs> um, okay. So I am. I struggle. I've also had a couple of years where I was like off Facebook completely when Facebook was kind of the thing. And so I feel like I'm kind of an all or nothing person. I'm not very good at balance, but I feel like this is the first time I've had balance maybe in social media. I'm either like, I'm going to get off of it completely for a year, or I'm going to be on it all the time. So this is a good, I get, I sign off at around end of day on Fridays, like five o'clock. And I delete my apps from my phone. That's what Which I read. People really? have been like, that's stupid. But if I don't, all I'm going to do is like automatically scroll over Me to too. the page where I know that they are and yes. get on. Like yes. I can't stay it's off It's like your body it. just <laughs> does it. I know. Before you I'm can't even up, stop. Yeah. Even on, when I'm off, I scroll and I'm like, oh, it's not there. That's yeah. right. <laughs> like, <laughs> Again, I can't get on Every there. weekend. <laughs> yeah. So, and I get bad FOMO and I just compare myself and like, I also realized, I think my attention span is really bad. And, and I read that when you talked about that part, I was like, this is true. Yes. I mean, I have a really hard time just reading, you know, for 20 pages without, without picking up phone. my phone or writing, especially like over the course of writing the blog post I wrote about being off social media on <laughs> the weekends. I was clicking over to everything, yeah. like every two sentences. And I was like, I don't think I used to be this way. Like I in college, cause we didn't, we had facebook in college it. but yeah. we didn't have smartphones or anything mm-hmm. and so i just don't think i was like that and i kind of remember life before and i'm like i think that i used to be able to have be able to really sit and write and I'm like, my, if my goal in life is to be the best writer I can be, social media is not helping me be a good writer. Because and, if you, and if you're not living either. Right. Yeah. I'm not having experiences because I'm looking at other people's experiences or thinking about how am I going to curate this experience I'm having right now for my followers later? Like, what picture am I going to post? And what so am I going to say? I know. I'm yeah. with you. Yes. I don't like it. I am actually at a point where I'm like, what good is it doing in my life? Sometimes I am really inspired by stuff that I see. It's good to see like friends' babies that I never would get to see. But I'm like, other than that,
1: I don't know if this is playing a good role in my life. It's a it's a discussion I think a lot of people are having. Erin, yeah. I had it a lot in Ireland where we because because we were kind of removed and and we also had this moment of like, what? Do, how, why do we need to post all of our vacation pictures? Yeah, for everyone to right? see. You know what yeah. I mean? Mm-hmm. Well, then I was like, I'm just gonna post one picture a day, and he kind of pushed back and was like well, why do you need them to see this? And I was like, I don't know. It's yeah. just what you do. We do. Yeah. Like, I didn't have a reason of why I couldn't. Yeah. I remember my first trip.
2: I didn't get on Instagram till like 2012, which I think might be late compared to, I didn't understand what it was. Um, but then I figured out what it was and I went on a trip to Hawaii and it was the first time I was posting about my vacation. I was like, this is awesome. People can see all these beautiful things that I'm seeing. And like when we're all dressed up at night and I'm like, that's, before that vacation was the last time I went on a trip where I didn't feel the need to post about what I was doing. And it's just not reality. Like, and so taking 48 hours off, I'm like, oh, if I do something cool on Saturday, I can't let people know. Only I know that I'm doing this. What's,
1: what's wrong with, we're like, I know. We're, we're so we're like, well, if we don't put it on Instagram, no, it didn't it happen. It didn't happen. Yeah. Right. <laughs>
2: and it used to not be that way. Mm-hmm. Like we used to be fine mm-hmm. without that. And so I just don't, and I know people who are off social media completely and I'm just jealous of them all the time. I'm like, y'all are like, you had someone on your podcast. I, I was going to say, I did an interview. Yes.
1: And she's an author and released a book. I mean, which is like, Oh, I didn't know that she had I yes. released a, I'm sure you talked about that. but Yes. Wow. Okay. And it's not that, on social media. Okay. That's maybe my goal. <sighs> so I read that the other night and I thought to myself, man, this is what I can do. It's a good, good starting point for me to really kind of reevaluate it, you know? And yeah. here's what's crazy. The more followers you get, the more you're like, oh, well, I have to do something. Yeah. And in one sense, my Instagram is a really good marketing place for my podcast. It is what it yeah. is, right? But also, I'm having to check my heart of like, why am I putting this up? Uh Is it really to encourage, or is it just to? I don't
2: know. Yeah, I know. Because I have put quotes from my book up because I felt like I needed to do. I'm like, oh, I need to like. And then I'll try to be like, well, let me put the quote up that is actually helping me right now. Like, let me try and be genuine with this. And I'm just usually not. I mean, when I post pictures of my niece, like that's probably the most genuine that I am on social media because I'm like,
1: really, everybody needs to know who she is. But yeah, it's just. And I think for me too, I don't struggle really as much. And this is just individually for me. I don't struggle as much with like FOMO or looking at other people's pictures, wishing that's not fair, they get to do that. I, by God's grace, that's not yeah. a struggle for me. But what I do struggle with is this other internal things that you wouldn't even know about unless I told you of like, oh, I need to put this picture up because I need them to know that I was here. Yeah. That's embarrassing to say out loud and that's yeah. dumb. But-, but that's true. Uh-huh. No,
2: I, well, I even, I'm supposed to be off of it on the weekends. And then I did this like live podcast I was telling you about yes. with seminary dropout. like, <laughs> 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 hey, listen, here's
1: okay, the thing, you can be out. Me. <laughs> you just got to sit down, okay?
2: <laughs> but- I had just gotten my hair done and I was like, I really want to know what my hair looks like in pictures of people posting of this event and got on it like just to see what I look like. I was like, there's a lot of vanity for me. Like, I want to know what I look like in pictures. And That's totally. embarrassing to say out no, loud. I know. Like, what did I look like in that? How did I look from that angle? I'm like, ooh, I don't like that about myself. I know. So for me,
1: something that I'm trying to do is, I'm saying these things out loud to thousands of people right now, yeah. but I do have these conversations with Aaron, my husband, and he's really good at keeping me in check because he knows how awful of the sin that I have in my heart. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like he knows my things that I'm not doing. Cause I want to like do things to honor God. I want to honor Jamie. And so he knows those. And so he can kind of like very kindly keep me in check. But I've also told like some, like a girlfriend of mine, you know, like here's a struggle that I have. And so I feel like just saying it out loud, it doesn't mean I can't ever post on Instagram. I don't need to give it up. Like you know what I mean? Right. But I think when we we need to constantly evaluate. Yeah. Just be honest about be kind honest of what's, with it. What's happening? Yes. Yeah.
2: I think I agree. So I'm gonna start trying that. Okay. Good. When are you gonna start? This weekend? I'm start this
1: weekend. <laughs> Look, could. I'm like, what do I have this weekend? <laughs> <I know. laughs> no. You know, <laughs> we'll have to delete the apps. <laughs> yes. That hundred percent. There's no yeah. way. It is no muscle way.
2: memory at this point. And my friends were like, oh, it's so much work to reload the apps. It's really not. It doesn't take long at all. And you just, it's worth it. You just put it back on. Yeah. yeah. And I'm not usually on my computer much on the weekends anyway. Yeah. So that's not as much of a temptation. I, but I do still look at, like, I check the weather a lot or I check the news a lot. Uh-huh. I'm still looking at just my phone. It up. I'm just like looking at something else. It's like, it yeah. helps. Yeah. I don't know. It's better though. I think it's good. It's really good. And it's really short. It's just two days. And I can start to feel antsy on Sunday. I'm like, I want to scroll.
1: I want to look. Aaron went on sabbatical a couple of years ago for the whole summer. So like when when people at our church go on sabbatical, you get like a new phone number. I mean, you go on sabbatical. That's good. You don't get email. You get a new phone number. You were off the grid. So he did that a couple summers ago. And it was just, it was one of my favorite summers ever because he was not working off the grid. And I went off social media as well. And I just remember thinking, hey, if anyone has a baby, can you just text me or something? Like, (laughs) I'll never know. (laughs) Call me. I'll never know where you went on vacation. Um, But it's true. We used to do that. That's cool. I know. So it was was a really good summer. Looking back, it was a lot of fun. Okay, Andrea, you recently- Preached at your dad's church. Yeah, just this weekend. Hello. I know. I was like,
2: "Can I say I'm preaching here? Do I say I'm speaking here? I don't yeah, really know you what you said. I was asking. I it, just I'm like, said, Do, "Do I say that I'm preaching at a church?" He's <laughs> yeah. like,
1: "Yeah, you can preach." Yeah. I know, um, I was like,
2: mm-hmm. So, what was that like? Um, okay, so I was really nervous. Like, I don't think I've ever spoken to that many people, but also just being at my home church was it, really like
1: vulnerable. I was like, "I'm oh, telling you, I speaking, you speaking to your people, yeah. is harder for me."
2: I would rather not strangers. Any day. Yeah. Any day. There's just something about it that I'm like, and the 10 o'clock service is the one that my whole family came to and sat on the front row and I was like the most <laughs> nervous for that service. But um, okay, so it was a sat one service Saturday night and three on Sunday. Oh and gosh, signing books after each one. And my dad does that every weekend. And I was exhausted. Like I've never been that exhausted. I think I was like, how do people do this? How do preachers do this? I don't know. And write new sermons every week. Yeah.
1: I literally, it like takes me three weeks to write a 30 minute talk. Oh yeah. (laughs) Like that's, yeah. And I just
2: read over it like a million times and like, they can't even do that. And so I, but I also felt like way more peace, like by the time I got up there to talk than I ever have. And I really felt God beforehand be like, This is not about you. Like, Mm. I really just need someone to talk about me. Like, it's always been this way, whether it's like Paul in the synagogues or, you know, some, some like small church in the country. Like, I just need people to talk about me. And it's you this weekend. Get over it. (laughs) It's your turn. So, okay, thanks. And I was like, oh, yeah, okay. And then it's not like about my performance and about how well I do, but it's like, and that message came together in a really cool way where I was like, whoa, like I didn't know that these scriptures would be so connected. And this just seems like what I'm really supposed to talk about, which doesn't usually happen. Yeah. I think I usually kind of force things uh-huh. if I'm talking. And so, yeah.
1: Were you nervous about like preaching in front of your dad?
2: Um, I, Yeah, I okay. was. And I saw him at one, he was at every service because he was doing like announcements and like introducing me. And then one of the services, he went out to the back and stood in the back. And I saw him and I was like, Oh, that kind of makes me nervous that he's standing back there. Thank the fact know. he even like asked me to do it made me think, okay, he has faith in me. Like he knows I can do this. Yeah, he's not just he gonna let anyone in into me. his pulpit. So, I mean at his yeah. church, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, Okay, well, okay. <laughs> it was taking a chance for sure. I have very limited like teaching experience. Yeah. But the fact that you let teach me on? Do it um, singleness oh. in the church. Cause they're doing a series on the family uh-huh. this summer. And so my dad was like, could you be like the single person who talks <laughs> to the single people? Yeah. And at first I was like, mm, I don't want to do that. that. And then I was like, no, I have some things to say about this for sure. And so I talked about Naomi kind of the story of Ruth, but from like more Naomi's perspective, cause we kind of know how Naomi felt about everything more than Ruth. And yeah. so so that's it awesome. was, and that was really vulnerable too. Cause I was like, I don't, moving back to Texas, still single was a big deal for me. Mm. And that was kind of like admitting to my home church. Like I went away for eight years and I came back and I'm still single. Yeah, I don't know how y'all feel about that. Yeah.
1: But they don't really care. Only they, I care. <laughs> only you care. Whenever I have um women on the show and they talk about singleness, I mean we get so many like amazing emails from single oh, women. Yeah. They're like, please, we love it. We love hearing from women in our same life and season. And so yeah. I know that you I do love people will it. love it as well. Yeah.
2: Okay. Well, I'm glad you got to do that. Yeah. It was it was Preacher a good woman. experience. And then I was like, I'm still looking for my day off. I'm like, when do I get a day <laughs> off this week? Because Saturday and Sunday were not days off. And I know. Yeah. Does Aaron
1: take well, a day? Yes, Mondays. Okay. And he, and we don't have a Saturday night service, but he used to do all four on Sundays. Wow. So he would lead worship four times and be there at 6 a.m. I'm sure that's just a whole different type of exhaustion, I would imagine, I mean, like leading would, worship. On Mondays, the older we've gotten, we always say we're getting too old to this. He doesn't do that anymore. He just start. it's been a year since he went to two services. Okay. But he would, it would take him to almost Tuesday afternoon to recover. I mean, just exhausted. And he would come home. We'd eat eat the same thing every time. He'd stop at Whole Foods, get dinner, come home. And we would sit on the couch and he would watch TV because he couldn't turn his mind off. Yeah. I mean, I'm that way. After I teach, I go back to the hotel and I'm like, they go to bed. Uh, yeah. yeah. And so we would watch like an hour of TV and not even talk. And then you yeah. go to bed and then he'd come <laughs> out of the room at like noon the next day,
2: like yeah. a zombie. I yeah. get that. It's so weird how mm-hmm. it just takes that energy from yeah. you. I was, no, it was one o'clock yesterday before I finally sat down to do some work because I was like, I feel totally spent. Yeah. Like I cannot do, and I had to do an interview on Monday. And I was like, I can't do this. And it was just like a normal interview. But I was like, this feels so So hard. I'm so tired.
1: And then here's this too. I didn't get this. So Aaron's been doing this for years, right? And he would come home from a weekend and be like, I'm just so tired. I'm so tired of talking. I'm so tired of being on. And I would be like, I don't get it. Like, it's your job. Just, you know, you're fine. (laughs) And then a couple of years ago, when I started like traveling and teaching at churches and stuff, I would come home and I'm like. I'm so tired from just like smiling and being on Uh and being kind. I am kind, but you know what I mean? Like, it's not like you're fake. Yeah. It's not fake by any means. It's just you're happy. Yeah. And you're in, you're in like, you're engaged in what everyone says. Yes. Yeah. It was kind of like that you small talk a
2: lot, like in between and like to different people. And that, that was really like. Yeah. Like, okay, I think I can like teach the same lesson a few times in a row. That wasn't as hard as I thought it would be, but yeah, it was like greeting in between
0: and like being on. yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah, and then you just want to be, be home and just be and like not veg. do
0: anything. Yeah. Want to connect with a family member who doesn't speak your language? Then check out the language learning program Rosetta Stone on desktop or as an app. Rosetta Stone is designed to immerse you in the language you're learning through an intuitive process. Plus, the True Accent feature even gives you feedback on your pronunciation. And with a lifetime membership, you have access to all 25 offered languages. Get started today. Visit rosettastone.com backslash pod 50 to get 50% off your lifetime membership now. That's rosettastone.com backslash pod 50 for 50% off. You can live out your master chef dreams when you find a professional on Angie to tackle your dream kitchen remodel. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Visit
1: Angie.com. You can do this when you Angie that. Okay, Andrea, I was finish. What are you loving and what are you yeah. reading
2: okay so i'm loving um the house that i live in has a grill like an outdoor uh-huh. grill it's we rent so it's not, it's not my house and i'm loving the grill which i've never grilled before and i didn't making? think i would even know just chicken that's okay, all i've done. <laughs> <laughs> i've only done it twice <laughs> but the fact that i learned how to turn it on and like I had to change the propane tank and everything. You and I did was it all really by really proud of myself. Yes, I did it by myself. That's a big girl thing. Yeah, I know. And I was like, I, this is something I always am kind of like, guys do this. Right. But I was like, I can do this. Yeah. I can." There's a grill in the backyard. Why don't I use Why it? I use so it? So I'm loving that. Chicken? Chicken. We grill out <laughs> <it. What else laughs> a, should a I lot in the summer.
1: <laughs> you could do everything. Erin really? does broccoli on the grill. Ooh. Yeah. Like, like on squash? a pan? No. Well, well we like have a end? green egg. I don't know if it's different. You just Gas. Yes. Might be different. Um, but we do all kinds of things. On oh, cool. Pizza, veggies. Ooh,
2: I want to do pizza. Mm-hmm. I need some good... Yeah. Yeah. I need to try branch out Yeah, <laughs> chicken. <laughs> you can do great chicken though. Okay. What else? Yeah. Um, I'm also... Okay. So we talked about running a little bit and I used to like be a really big runner and then I kind of have like back stuff. And I do too. Really? I have I... degenerative disc I... on the oh, bottom. No. What That's do you have? A pinched nerve. That's awful. Yeah. It's just... I'm like I hate getting older. It's I just know, like right? It's really cramping. Like, but I've been doing. So I've been doing different workouts, and I've been doing Camp Gladiator, which is like an outdoor boot camp in a lot of places. Yeah, but uh-huh. it started in Austin, uh-huh. and I just started it. This is like my second month, and I really love it. It's fun, and it's super hot. But like yesterday, I got a little bit sick, towards the because, end you were so because hot. I was so hot. You go in the but morning it's really or the fun afternoon? Afternoon, usually. I am not a morning workout uh-huh. yeah. person. I can't get myself out of bed. Um. So I love Cam Gladiator and I just started taking voice lessons. So, which is like my adult hobby. Like I need a hobby or anything. Like for singing. To do, yeah. Like for singing. So I took them in high school and some in college and music was like a big part of our upbringing because my mom was like a music Uh minor, I think. And like always had us in stuff and like choir and musicals and everything. And then when I moved to Nashville, music just like disappeared from my life because everyone in Nashville is like a famous singer. Right. There just were no really <laughs> <Yeah>. opportunities. <laughs> um, and so I just started taking voice lessons. I was like, you know what? I want to do this and just for fun. That and so I have awesome. my second lesson
1: tomorrow. And
2: I'm really excited do you do about a,
0: like
1: a lot of just like different noises? Like, I don't even know what a voice lesson yeah, entails. I, all
2: I did was like two drills last time, Okay, but I'll learn a song. Uh-huh. Like, so I'm, Gonna sing in a friend's wedding in the fall, which is like far away. But uh-huh. she was like, "Well, we can work on that song." Uh-huh. And then she was like, "You can do whatever." I was like, "Can I sing Adele?" And she's like, yeah, so we're <laughs> "Yes, do- I love it. we're gonna do Adele songs and maybe like Broadway songs." Yeah, how fun! So I'm, I'm excited. Are it's you gonna have fun. like a recital? Um, I. <laughs> it's gonna be like a bunch of six year old kids <laughs> and me. <laughs> now, Andrea, my 31 year old student. Your parents <laughs> are like in the so. front row. I know. They would be. They'd <laughs> they be would. like filming it. <laughs> like, we're so proud of you. She has not told me about the recitals. If they have, that is hilarious. Yeah. Okay, so voice those are the three things. Yeah, voice lessons. So it's kind of fun. That is and so fun. I just did two drills, and I was like, oh, it just reminded me of like I used that used to be a big part of my life was like that kind of stuff, and so it just was fun to kind of like get back into that. Yeah, I am tone deaf. You are, uh huh? Which are you? Really tone deaf. My husband, musician, <laughs> says that I really am. You, really Which, you could take voice lessons.
1: He actually, I have asked, is there anything I could do? And he <laughs> is probably joking, but he's like, there's nothing there's that nothing they can do, can do for you. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I don't know. My teacher might be able but she can maybe help you. It's so funny. I like it. Um, like I've told him before when they lead worship, you know, sometimes in a worship song, they're like singing words, 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 words. And then they do like, oh, uh, look. Like, yeah. That's <laughs> me, I, just said that. I don't <laughs> sing during that part. Oh, because like- I don't know how to do what they're doing, yeah, and I'm afraid people can hear me because it kind of gets a little bit quieter. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you're just like close. If it's if they're singing. Involved and there's no like big bass speakers. I don't sing. I just mount the words. You <laughs> so I'm glad that you've grown a hobby. up Church of Christ. You probably would have
2: because there are no instruments, That's right? You know? And so that you just have to like harmonize with each other to like no, create they wouldn't the have music. Let me <laughs> in. They would have been like, <laughs> you're like, out. Go
1: back to the, your Baptist you're church. <laughs> go back to do the handbells. I did the handbells in Baptist <laughs> church. Yeah, you found your place. I found my place. <laughs> I would just follow and there's the note. Boom and then bring it yeah. back. That's <laughs> hilarious. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so no, that's- voice lessons. I
2: love it. Yeah. So those are the three things I'm loving.
1: Okay. And so then- your book, English Lessons, mm-hmm. uh, came out in May, um, which... The, tie, the cover is so beautiful. Who Isn't drew that? pretty? Her name's Hannah George. Did I you, don't know is this, her. Is this how you wanted to go? The direction?
2: No. Oh, I have okay. no idea. Okay. I'm not like a visual uh-huh. artist type person at all. And so I was like, whatever y'all want. And they sent me that. And they were like, well, we want to do like an illustration. And she did illustrations for the inside too, for each chapter. And I was like, this is so cool. And at first I was like a oh, white
1: background. Like that's interesting. But now I really like it. Like, it's, it's, really it's really beautiful. Yeah. It really makes you Like when I got, I got this in the mail a while ago and it really makes you look at it and go, what is this book about?
2: Yeah. Right. It's like Uh intriguing. It is good. That's good.
1: That's a good cover. So English lessons, I have read a little bit of it before uh, you came over, but what are you reading these days?
2: I just started a memoir. Have you heard of Addie Zierman?
1: No, but I love memoirs. It's my favorite.
2: Okay. Well, this is called Night Driving. Okay. Finding Faith in the Dark. I think, oh. and her first book is called "When We Were on Fire," and it came out in 2013. And she is just a really good writer, like really good. And she also um, publishes in like the mainstream publishing world, so I feel like she gets away with a little bit like edgier content. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> so which is I great. Like yeah. yeah. So this is about she was kind of experiencing some depression and not like quote unquote feeling God. So she packed up her two kids, like four and two, um, like left her husband just at home and they went on this road trip for two weeks from Minnesota to Florida for her to like, just find, she, she was like, I was just looking for something. And so right now they're in Kentucky, I think. And we're just like, swimming in the hotel pool and she like didn't have a corkscrew for her wine and it, it's just like we've all been funny there stories yeah. yeah and she was like panicking and um yeah it's really good though okay. she's a really good writer so I really like her I love memoirs but I do too mm-hmm. I usually read fiction I'm a mostly like fiction reader but I do love the occasional memoir and like some non what's a good fiction stuff. book you've read lately um everything I never told you is good it's kind of like a um, is Have is you heard of that is it with the lake Yes. Yes, I read it last. Oh, I read it yeah. um, last fall. It's good. I actually said it like hesitantly recommending
0: it because it's kind of ever... sad. Yeah, I it mean,
1: it's totally sad. Yeah. yeah. And I can't ever remember the author's name, so it's hard. Uh... I know. Uh, Celeste Ning. Okay. Yes, N-G. you're right. I, Celeste, I think because okay,
0: yeah. I follow
2: her on Twitter now. Mm-hmm. So that's how I know. Okay. Yeah, that's right. Really, yeah, and the Underground Railroad was really good. Oh, Colson Whitehead. Okay. Yeah. That was. That was really good. It kind of talks about the Underground Railroad as if it was actually a train underground. Uh-huh. And so it's, it's a really cool and sad.
1: I like sad stories. <laughs> I like sad stories too. I, I, I think that's why sometimes them. I love memoirs so much because a lot of times people yeah. are writing memoirs, not from like the best experience right. they have ever had in life, but from like the worst experience oh, yeah. I've ever had. Um, and I love them. And my friend Noelle makes fun of me, but I'm like, I don't know. I just, yeah. I love really getting inside someone's emotions in the hard times.
2: Mm-hmm. No. I think the best art kind of comes from like sad and broken places.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So happy stuff is just, yeah. <laughs> I know. It's true. <laughs> what, good, what good art's going to come from that? <laughs> shabby, It's just happy. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, I'm going to add all of these to my Goodreads list, which okay. is where I keep
0: my books. Oh, yeah. I to need to do that. Because I I like, then I just to, forget.
1: And I know. I people give me good stuff.
0: Yeah. No, it's um, really good.
1: Okay. Well. Thank you for joining me on the Happy Hour. Thanks for having me. This is I know having this me. is like I I I know that once this is edited, it's going to sound. You're going to miss out on all the <laughs> drama that not. we had here. But Landry, <laughs> I had her upstairs and she was barking, which you probably heard, and then she escaped and showed up downstairs, <laughs> and then escaped. she like was wanting to jump in Andrea's lap, and so, and I almost like I'm like I'm going to take her to Aaron's studio, but then I was like. No, they like actually. There's people working there. Oh. They'd be so mad at me <laughs> if I showed up with a dog. Um, but anyhow, thank you so much. Thank you. People can find you on your blog. You blog there often, don't you? Uh, yeah, pretty. Okay. Right now,
2: I do. Okay. I go through phases, but yeah, yeah. right yeah. now it's like almost every week. So. And your gig is full time writer. Yes, mm-hmm. freelance. So kind of have like other clients, but
1: yeah, I just love that full time. I'm sure there are people out there, and we've run out of time. But and maybe you've written about this. I don't know about people who want to be full time writers. Yeah.
2: Yeah, it is like, not as glamorous as it sounds mm-hmm. for sure. And I'm a little bit, I, I feel like every six months I kind of reevaluate. I'm like, do I yeah. want to get a full-time job yeah. and not just be uh-huh. freelancing? But it's worked out so yeah. far. But it's also like, I could take kind of April to June to just do book stuff, which mm-hmm. was really nice. Which you couldn't have done if you yeah, had, you I know. would not know. And it really felt like times a full-time job yeah. and at least a part-time
1: job. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, it's a lot when a book comes out. Well, everyone should have her to get your book. I'll have all the links to all the books we talked about, everything we chatted about up on my webpage, jamiehivey.com. So Andrea, thanks for coming to my house. Thanks for having me here. (laughs) Thanks for coming on the happy hour. Thank you. Loved it. All right, guys, I told you you would love it. Andrea was so delightful in person, and I was so thankful that she came out to my house. And I loved our conversation about church and questions and Instagram and being very vulnerable with you guys. I know last week I told you that Aaron was actually going to be my guest today, my husband. But let me tell you, we've just had a few hard weeks around here with house stuff. So we never got around to recording. But he's coming on soon, I can promise you that. Guys, today's show was edited by Chris with Pod Shaper, and the music is from Jason Poe. Did you guess who my guest is next week? Matherin Toe? All right, guys, next week my guest is Catherine Lowe, and you guys are not going to want to miss this show. It was so fabulous to sit down and hear her talk about the details about how her and Sean fell in love on The Bachelor. Yes, the TV show. So you're going to want to come back for that show. Also, you guys, next week, I have some really, really, really big news, like gigantic, huge announcement. So make sure you listen next week. And somewhere in Catherine's show, I'm going to come in and I'm going to tell you about some really big, exciting things that I get to be a part of and that you possibly might get to be a part of as well. So guys, enjoy your week, share the show with a girlfriend, have a happy hour with a friend, and if you can do anything to help with all the efforts that are being sent towards Houston for Hurricane Harvey, I highly suggest you find a way to be a part of that. Come back next week and hear my conversation with Katherine Lowe.